welcome to this wonderful podcast of encouragement because I am delighted to have the most amazing and spectacular Kate McKenzie as guest on my podcast. Kate, good evening and good welcome. Good evening, Libby. Such a joy to be with you. Thank you so much for um, asking me to join you. I'm so thrilled. Well, honestly, I was because I've been doing the podcast this evening and it's pitch black and things that you know I was thinking that for many people just now is a time of it's kind of oppressive you know the grey and the the black and the dark but you're going to come as a beacon of light and openness <laughs> and freedom because you have got you have got a spectacular you got you got your family entire family should be who do you think you are but Kate tell me a bit about because for my lovely listener what is it you do that brings people into freedom and openness I'll leave you to describe it all Oh, thank you so much, Libby. Thank you so much. So I'm a therapist. I specialize in sex and relationships. I also um, teach pairs and individuals a beautiful method called bridging, which is about slowing down and understanding mm-hmm. your own world, but someone else's world. I'm also an artist and I also have a podcast as well, where I interview people about what brings them love, joy and pleasure and how are they creative in their lives? So I think that, um, you know, creativity, love, relationship, relationship to ourselves, it's an ongoing journey, but uh-huh. um, I really love the possibility of helping others and myself, you know, open up and explore themselves and depth and ways of being in a, in a plurality, in a plural way. How are we yes. in our diversity, in our inclusivity and, and intersectionality? And it's an ongoing discovery, I, I find. I can, I can imagine because I think, I mean, one of the things I think is beautiful about what you do is you help people learn the art of intimate communication. You know, people learn to communicate in a, in a way and at a level that they perhaps haven't done before. And what are some of the key, what do you say are some of the keys or secrets to really good intimate conversation? So a huge key is, is where are you at? Because we, we don't get what we want, we get who we are. What does that mean is, uh-huh. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I will see with the eyes I'm coming from. So if I'm depleted, if I'm feeling tired and I feel like my partner is not engaging with me, uh, I, might create, I might create more of a story or they're not engaging with me, oh, they don't want to be with me oh, they're avoiding me, they're rejecting me, and then I might be snappy. But if I Uh recognize I'm feeling a bit tired or depleted, maybe I might like a little bath or a rest, and then I come back to myself, I can let go perhaps of where my partner is, and then I might move into a more invitational space, or I could even imagine, oh, it'd be nice to see my partner in a little bit and be in a more invitational space, open to the, the possibility of that, then I can have a different story. So the first point with communication and relationship is where am I at? Because I'm going to tell a story from my nervous system. So if my if my nervous system is tired, hungry, low, depleted, yeah. I could see the world from that perspective. So I want to attend to the relationship with myself. I want to take care of me and, and get myself regulated. And then also think, how do I want that relationship to be? Because of course, you know, we call it the first voice and the second voice the first voice will say oh that person is looking at me in that way and that means that but if i can calm myself down or do whatever i need to do to get myself in a better place i can come to the second voice 
which might be or they might be tired or triggered or something might be going on for them which yeah. might not even be anything to do with me yep so the first I, point is us and then the second point might be even if i can get myself in a good place can i slow down and attend to where the other person is and notice where they are and then maybe listen yeah. to them yeah i get, i love that whole framework of how do we attend to ourselves first because often mm. Most people are, are always thinking about how do I sort this for somebody else or how do I deal with that? They're, they're always looking externally. Mm. And so, the, you know, the, the whole self-nurture. I love that whole thing about how do we find our own path? And I, you know, one of the things you would be brilliant at is how, helping people move from fear and move to love. You know, so this, so how do people, how, you know, how do people, how have you found your path, your own path, and moved in a way that's always moving in love, but less from, from fear? So beautiful, beautifully put, Libby. Thank you so much. Um, so basically, in some ways, life is really simple and, and, and basic. It's kind of fear or no fear, fear or love. And it's very natural to have fear. And fear is actually mm. quite important. You know, there's lots of reasons for fear because early doors, we, we would have been eaten by wild animals, right? So, so we needed yep. to have protection and we needed to be on guard for certain things and we needed to watch out. But what can happen now is, you know, we, our body is alert to things. So it can be an email, a bill, a phone call. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, and I suppose yeah. partly it's learning there's nothing that's certain. We don't know what's going to happen in the next second. We don't know what's going to happen ever. And there's no getting to balance because, you know, life can keep changing. That's, that's as the Buddhists say, you know, change is a guarantee. But yeah. what we can do is learn how to come back to love, come back to ourselves, whether that's your practices that help you physically or meditation or your writing or your books or whatever it is that helps you come back to you come back to love and i believe also togetherness helps i believe we need yeah. our communities we need our people um, yep. you know, there's a lot of science to show how people regulate us uh, so brains we brains match there's mirror neurons and if we can be around another person even going to a cafe and being served by the sweetness of the the barista um, or the waitress or whoever is helping you can help your nervous system calm down. So what is it that you need several times a day that helps you get into that right place of love? So what I believe yes. is, is that fear will take us to another place, but it's normal. We all have these frozen parts of us. But how can we love those frozen parts, give them compassion? How can we come mm -hmm. back to a sense of calm? Yes. It might not even be pure joy, but how can we love that fear? Because the fear is probably younger, earlier parts of us in our lives that are rising up and have remembered other experiences that were really difficult. And what we say as well is that when something gets really scary, often if you can stay with it and be with it, stop and be with that fear and love it and hold it and be compassionate to it, there's often a window of light and some new knowledge. You know, when we Oh, yeah. how did I do that? That oh, I made such a mistake. You know, failure often gets a really bad rap, but it's in those dark moments that we often get the gold of our lives. It's not always yeah. in the easy joy. Easy joy, we need we need a lot of that, but yeah. we need both because it's those 
difficult times, if we can bring compassion to them, that we go, ah, it's our failures that teach yeah. so much. And so can we bear to be with the fear? And I suppose what we often have is, is shame around failing. But can we can we be with that shame as well and, and even love that shame and say, you know what, this is our humanity. It is the plurality of you know, good people do bad things, bad people do good things, and, and we're all in yeah. the mix with everything. Yeah, it's so interesting because one of my the images I love is the image of the desert, because mm. often people will say, oh, I've been, in the, I've been in the wilderness, I've been in such a hard de desert place, and yet yeah. for, for me, when I think about the desert, it, it is a place of isolation in one sense, but boy, do you see the stars at night. Oh, that's so boy! Do you see, boy? Do you see the expanses? A verse I love. It says, "Who is this coming out of the desert, leaning on the arm of her beloved?" Oh my goodness! Do you know is that... It, that is extraordinary? Because I I talked to um, Richard O'Brien, who wrote the Rocky Horror Show, and uh -huh. what happened to him was uh, it, 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 it just reminds me of your story. He was in Jesus Christ Superstar, which was a hit in the West End in the in 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 the seventies, and he was playing Judas. And yeah. what happened was he really got into it, and every night he dressed up more, and he really went for the songs more, and the audience was starting to absolutely adore Judas, and it was it was just uh. really really going brilliantly for Judas. And the director <laughs> the director went and chatted to him and said, uh, you know, uh, you're doing an amazing job being Judas and you're really going for it and it's brilliant. And he, and Richard thought, oh, this is brilliant. You know, I'm going to be awarded or congratulated. And he said, but I just have to tell you, the star of the show, the star of the show is Jesus. And um, I'm really sorry, Richard, but we're sacking you. And in those days, you could sack someone oh! with a week. Yeah. Yeah. You could sack someone with a week's notice and actors didn't earn much and it was theatre and he was out in a week and he had a newborn child and a wife to support. Oh, devastating. And he was feeling like he'd given his all and suddenly, like you're saying, he was in the desert and he was devastated. And in that six months of no work and nothing to do, he wrote the Rocky Horror Show, which if you look at the Rocky Horror Show, it's full of blood and guts and horror as well as... <laughs> sexuality and pansexuality and yeah. all kinds of sexuality and horror and all that there's actually there's actually murder in it you know have a look at it and <laughs> he put everything everything he felt into that because he couldn't believe it he was feeling like he was offering his whole being to that show and at the point of offering everything he got sacked and so he wrote oh no he wrote this show and at the end the director said you know can i can i direct it and he said on your bike mate no way and um what happened since then is that show is shown every single day somewhere in the world ever since it ever came out and it has supported him yeah. and given him a life beyond his wildest dreams and um it came out of his desert and so i think this is the thing it came out of his failure yes and isn't it such an encouraging thing? We're going to be wrapping up the podcast yeah. shortly, but I think yeah. what I think is, is that a fabulous thing, Kate, is this whole thing about not to fear the desert, not to fear 
what's can seem oppressive or difficult or challenging, but yeah. to take to t- to move in love and and I love there's there's that you know that phrase from um, the Auld Lang Syne song which says we'll take a cup of we'll take a cup of kindness. Oh yeah, I had this image of actually filling a cup of kindness with acts of kindness, you know, writing bits of, doing acts of kindness and filling it into a cup yeah. and packing the kindness. And I think, but I think from what you've been saying, which I think is fabulous, is that kind of cup, the cup of kindness starts with ourselves first. Yeah, it does. And, and also we can do this together. So, yes. you know, like if you think about horses, they will, if one horse has fear in, in a pack of wild horses, other horses will stand near that horse and breathe while the yes. other horse releases the fear. And we can stand with each other and we can safeguard our own energy. We don't have to deplete ourselves around others, but you can find people, places, things that help you with the fear. If you need bridges to help you get steady with your fear, we can do this together together kate that is a fabulous message and on that happy note if anybody would like to breathe next to kate she's got a <laughs> website your website is katemckenzie.com yeah. um you can just just search for kate with a c but I, I tell you something if you want to breathe beside somebody kate is a person to do it with so that's fantastic <laughs> kate, look forward to many conversations with you but on that happy note lots of love lots of space and may, may any desert you have be nothing but filled with the stars at night. It'd be oh, fantastic. That's wonderful. Thank you, Libby, and love and blessings to you, and look forward to more chats. Thanks, Kate. Lots of love, Kate. Bye. Love, bye. bye.